What's going on, everybody? I'm Jordan. This is Demi. It's real Jordan and Demi. Our first that, show in a while. What's going on, Demi? That intro just got me so excited. It I, pumped me up, right? It pumped me up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've kind of been on a summer hiatus. We are back in full strength now. And we have a very special guest live from the UK. Singer-songwriter has been around for a while. Signed to Atlantic Records when she was just 13. And now she has a, she work on a new EP, has some new singles out. Let's welcome her to the show, Jasmine Thompson. Hi, hello, how are you? What is going on? It's good, it's good. I feel like it's um, Monday blues, if you get what I mean. Like, a little bit. I'm trying to get the week started and like be positive, but it's good. Did you go? Did you go hard this weekend? Be honest. Did you? Uh, a little bit. I had a bit of a late night on Saturday, but it's such a weird vibe in London because like. I want to go places like Soho and things like that, but you end up going into a little club and there's like, everyone's like sardines in a can and it just makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. But I am pushing through Monday and managed to go to the gym this morning, but I've had like two hours sleep, I'd say. But <laughs> Are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? I feel like lockdown has made me accept the fact that I'm more of an like introvert, but I definitely like thrive off of like seeing people, but I really like my own space as well. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been doing shows in the UK, warm up shows, club shows, that kind of thing at all? I used to. I haven't done it since lockdown began. I've got so many friends at the moment that are doing some shows and then they've ended up getting like, the message that they've been in contact with someone that has COVID and stuff. But I think the plan is hopefully it would be just lovely to do a small sort of piano gig. There's so many great little venues, especially in the UK, you can fit like 50 or a hundred people. I think that's more my vibe right now because it's just a bit more chilled and more like intimate, I'd say. Yeah. Absolutely. There's like a scene going on in, um, in London. I remember when I was there, there was this place called the Troubadour. And yeah. is that a place that you're familiar with? Yeah, a little bit. I think I've been there once or twice. Yeah. Is that some place that you would play or are you kind of more into? I like the smaller ones. I think like what's cool about London is there's a lot of like open mic places, I'd say, that you can just um, rock up and sing a few songs. And I know that there's a few like jazz nights and stuff. I'm not necessarily a jazz singer, but I think it could be nice, you know? Yeah. Well, you can always try something new. Um, you've been, so you have a couple new singles out and you're prepping a new EP. Is that correct? Yeah. I've just been writing a lot of music over lockdown. So I'm trying to see if like, either we might just, I might just release them as singles. Um, cause I feel like a lot of artists are just dropping songs now because I feel like it's a shame to like kind of box it up into like an EP now. It's like, you can put out so much music, so why shouldn't you? But yeah, writing a lot at the moment. You're you're known for your you kind of got your momentum going on YouTube and on the internet with your covers, mm. and you know only recently have you made a name with your original music. I mean, but you've had some good songwriting credits, that sort of thing. So my question is, have you always written your even when you were doing covers on YouTube and stuff? For the most part, were you writing when you were 12, 13 years old? You just didn't put those songs out there. Yeah, I, I feel like I was a bit like protective of my own music. Like, I feel like it's quite easy as someone on YouTube to, I don't know, I feel like, do you ever see there's some people and they get like labeled as a cover artist? It's I definitely, tough. Yeah. And I, I feel like the thing is, the thing, I think I made it really scary in my head when I was younger that I would 
become that. So I kind of stopped myself from doing it. Like I've been writing songs at home um, and with other writers since I was like 10 or something. And I remember I put one of my original songs out when I was like 11 and I really, really enjoyed it. And everyone's, some people still listen to it and they get married to the song and it makes my heart so happy. But I think I really wanted to wait until I was a bit older because not only did I not want to get labelled as like a more cover artist, I also realised that I was still quite young because I started YouTube when I was 10. I think, I don't know, sometimes I look back at the songs that I put out when I was 13, 14 and it makes me cringe so much because, you know, you, a lot of people, I guess everyone like develops, they change their styles and their fashion senses and the way that they like to present themselves. And I think I got, I was very aware of the fact that like, I'm probably going to change and develop. Um, still wanted to put out a few songs. I've been putting out EPs since I was like 14, I think, was my first EP. And it's been really nice. Everyone's been super supportive. But only recently have I really felt like I have a grasp on, you know, who I am as an artist and not just a singer, I guess. I mean, I was thinking because you were doing this for so long, the YouTube um Sometimes it's hard for me to even post like a single photo or yeah. so annoying and, you know, like hounding. And I'm like, you know, at 13, how do you have the courage to post videos on YouTube of yourself singing? And yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Totally. I mean, now I feel like I put way more thought into like, for example, like, yeah, social media. Now I, I really struggle personally to like put up content and this and that. But I feel like when I was younger, I just didn't think about it. I also feel like it was less pressure when you were, like YouTube wasn't that much pressure. Like there were so many people like approaching it with like open minds and exploring with different video ideas. And yeah, I think I didn't really realize how many people were watching my videos. Cause when I started the first few videos only got like 50 listens and 50 follows and then you know, it grew to like a thousand, ten thousand, and then when I hit a million, I was just like, "All right, this is actually quite a large amount of people that are watching my videos." And yeah, I don't know. And then it just hit me, and I think then I became anxious towards my end teenage years. The headline here, and I'm sure you're tired of it, is how young you were when you signed to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the whole thing. It's like, who cares? You're like, I'm 20, 21 years old now. It's in the past, but how did that happen did 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 the record label reach out to your parents because obviously you weren't old enough to <laughs> negotiate your own record contract so tell us how that came about and how you handled it at such a young age i am um, i so i started on youtube and i was just singing and there were lots of like online competitions like do you remember like the perez hilton shows and stuff um so i was doing those for a little bit and that's how uh, management found me and then by then I was working with a few writers that they put me in touch with and I had some um, ideas of future music I wanted to do and eventually um, well I got signed to Atlantic they reached out to my uh, managers and I remember flying over to New York and I, I was 13 um, just about to turn 14 and I, I remember I had no idea what a label really was I was like still super I don't know, innocent, I guess, in the terms of the music industry, like wide-eyed, like, wow, like I can just get a, a deal and just put my music out and everything. And I didn't realize that it would actually possibly turn into like a future career, I guess. Um, yeah, and then just uh, 
started doing more covers, ended up doing a song that got picked up by a DJ called Felix Yen over in Germany. And uh, that one was a huge break for me and managed to find my feet in the electronic music world and just kept going really. Let's talk about the electronic music world. Uh, yeah. The collaboration with Zed recently, recently-ish. Yeah. And that was your first charting song, um, Funny. And mm. it was it was really wild to, to, how did that come about? How did you meet Zed? Was this a, a management, his his people talk to your people or, or did yeah. you meet him organically? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Cause I feel like I've been in the electronic world for like a little while, like, um, been working with a lot of like German DJs and I think Zed's Russian German or, or something in that lane and basically over in LA it's a really nice community of writers that like everyone kind of introduces you to people and your writing stuff and it kind of happened the summer before lockdown um, I was in LA and I was working with these producers called Monsters and Strangers and that's where funny happened and it was like an acoustic piano song, first of all, and it was more like, um, I don't know, it was more emotional. It was more like depressing, I guess. And I remember doing the vocal over in LA. I was literally there for like a few days just to try it out. And then I went home, lockdown happens. Um, and I remember getting an email from my label guy, A&R, and he just messaged me being like, hey, like Zed's heard the version. Because I didn't realize, but Monsters and Strangers has been working with Zed for a very long time. I always find it really weird to like Google people that I work with because I feel like I'm stalking them. And I didn't really make the connection, but they've been working with them for a really long time. They did like, I think they did the middle with him. And there's some other writers called Michael Pollack, who's amazing. And they basically introduced me to Zed and he, remixed it and it was gorgeous but lockdown was on and i'm in london and he's based in la so we ended up having to do everything online including like the music video and it was at the time where everyone was doing like instagram lives everyone was doing these diy home videos like it was such a moment to remember like loads of people were using like projectors and green screens and getting equipment like sent over to their house and we basically just filmed everything over zoom it was really fun and then still to this day i haven't met because i think he's in like las vegas now or something um but yeah it, it was it's such fun. a great it's such a great festival big crowd track too yeah, like, I know. I'm excited for you at some point to get to perform it with Zed in front of like a big festival audience. That'd be wait, so sick. I can't wait. Because the other thing is as well, is like, so I'm, I'm not 21 yet, but I will be in like November. Hopefully then I can like, like head over to America because every time I've been going, I've been going since I was like 14 and I can't experience like the nightlife. And that's a huge part of the music industry, especially with like, um, DJs and clubs. So, like, as soon as I can, I'm just gonna go text Ed. <laughs> well, now then you'll have to deal with the paparazzi, you know, scouting you out. You know, Jasmine <laughs> Thompson was at this club at 4 a.m. last night. You know, <laughs> club girl, are you? Like, when you go out with your girls, what's the deal with you guys? I don't know. I've, I kind of prefer like bars and stuff. Like, I was chatting to my friends about this the other week. Like, I, we're not really like clubbing sort of people. Like, I love like house music and dance music, but I like a more like sociable bar vibe. Otherwise, like you can't hear people. But to be honest, anything that's got good music, I'm down for. Speaking of, you know, I love your electronic music. 
Um, I love your voice seems to just fit over anything, but your newest releases, Happy For You, are, are um, really stripped down. And you have said before that you're really happy about that. <laughs> I love these like title things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a really official looking, isn't it? It's great, I love it so much. <laughs> you make that decision was that the quarantine because you were maybe like alone making thick how'd you come about with that style for this release I mean to be honest I think like I've always been trying to experiment with what my more like solo artist stuff is because I've always done like the covers for example and that for me traditionally was more piano based it was more acoustic because that was all I could really do I'm, I'm not the sort of um artist that's great at production it's something I would like to be able to do later on but I think you know my key strengths is like a solid like piano part and a vocal and I think that's where I kind of feel most comfortable so when it comes to more original music and if I'm not working with um, a specific producer or um, a specific like DJ then you know I, I prefer doing the more like subtle sometimes it's nice to play with different instruments but i think the idea behind happy for you is it's such a sad emotional song i kind of you know you can always put drums on things and there was a conversation with the producer like you know is there something more that we can do and but i think towards the end of it we all just kind of realized you know let let have its moment and there's other songs i've been working on that have a bit more of a upbeat vibe to it like the last one I put out already there was like more it was like six eight and it was guitar and it had these really fun sort of move moving drums and yeah I think it depends on the track and because happy for you was so raw it was nice to just have it chilled I guess you mentioned you've taken these trips you took a trip to New York when you first got signed you've been to mm -hmm. LA and all this kind of stuff do you feel like you're gonna eventually just make the move to america or do you feel like or do you feel like london is is where is good enough for you in terms of where you want to be for your career you know like when i was 16 i had this huge huge urge to move to la i felt so out of place because like i don't know like i grew up here and it is my home and i love it so much but I remember when I was 16 and I was trying to figure out like am I going to do music full time and if I am doing music like LA is the place to be and it's got so many opportunities but I just I didn't do it because I was like I'm still quite young uh, I'm not ready to like leave my family just yet and my friends and stuff and the other thing is it's only a plane ride away and I actually feel like I'm more productive when I'm at home and weirdly like the beginning of lockdown did not write at all. I could not stand music because it was just making me sad. The fact that like it had all like the world stopped and I was like, I can't play songs because it will make me cry. After six months, I realized how, you know, the plus side, and I'm sure so many people have told you guys this, like if you're talking to artists, like the plus side is, is that you can now work with people who are on the other side of the world or in Europe or even in the UK but you don't want to take the two-hour train ride you know like it's become so much easier and I think for me I love London so much and I want to stay here for a little bit and you know there's so many other beautiful parts in the world like might move to LA for a little bit might move to Italy who knows well, what you do you get big and famous enough Jasmine to where you can just take a <laughs> private jet to LA whenever you feel like it you know you just make a call 
show up at the uh, airport and get on, you know. The deal that you had at 13, what are, I mean, it's been a long journey for you, I'm sure. What are some things that you've learned about yourself since then, just like as a person? Um, I don't know, I think like, I realized that I, I used to put a lot of pressure on um, trying to make it and like trying to be successful or put too much pressure on my music to the point where like I took a, a little break from it back in 2017 I think because by then I had been touring quite a lot um, in America, in Asia, Europe and it was amazing and I'm so grateful for that time but I realized that like I was definitely not um, allowing myself to grow up and I realized I'm also quite a private person and I think it's quite hard to keep that going if you're in like the public eye if you're doing something creative and I don't know I feel like as creative creatives it's like for me personally my music is about like real life stories and events that have happened to me things that I reflect on or things that make me feel sad or happy or whatever and sometimes sharing that is enough and then when it comes to adding like social media or touring and presenting yourself all the time I I don't know I really struggled with the idea of um people like watching what you do and I, it's kind of nice learning like my own personal boundaries now because now I feel like I can tell people like glimpses of my life and keep other things to myself and yeah, I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't judge myself from when I was younger as well, because I think you can be your own like worst critic as well, if you get what I mean. It's sort of a weird place that you're in now, because on one hand, you've been around, you've had uh, this this uh, record deal going on for seven, eight years, but at the same time, you're only 20, you're not even 21 yet. So mm. is do you, do you find yourself ever getting the chance to just be enjoy being a young person being you know all your friends are out you know just being themselves do you feel like you can kind of let go of your yeah. professional life it's a good question because i think like yeah i mean like kind of what i was saying just then is like i i felt like i wasn't being a teenager because i i was having a really sick experience like touring and i was going out in romania and things like that at a really young age but like I don't know, I felt like I didn't see my friends and I felt like I didn't have time to like experiment in like who I wanted to be. And I think now it's kind of taught me that I need to make sure that I get enough time, I guess. But I feel like I've got a good grasp on things. I don't know, I'm definitely still learning, but it's nice that I've given myself, I know that I can give myself time in the future to like stand back, if you get what I mean. And I know you have must have supportive parents or at yeah. least, yeah. Totally. They're so lovely. Like they um my mum used to like yeah, she's crazy. She she's so sweet. She like always came on tour with me when I was super young. And you know there's that whole thing like a a mummager, like the demon mum that's yeah. Like, yeah. Know, she a stage, was she a stage mom? No, like thank God. Like she she was so funny. Like she she was so supportive. Her her background is not music at all. Nothing in the industry, neither is my dad, but like my my mom just, uh, when she realized that I liked to do singing, 
she kind of just sent me to like as many classes as she could. I also think it's because like she was a single mom like working all the time. She needed to find a reason to get me out of the house so that she could like finish work and stuff. Right. And it happened to be like dance classes and singing classes and stuff. So I was so lucky in a way. And when um, I started doing YouTube, she learned how to use like um, these production programs called Logic and Cubase and she like mixed all of the songs and Your everything. Mom learned Logic so she could mix your songs? Ow. Yeah, but she's tone deaf. She oh, cannot sing. She, can, if she can't shake an egg shaker. It was hilarious. <laughs> Dimmy, has your mom learned Logic so she could mix your songs? Yeah. Uh, Dude, yeah. You can, I know, but I feel like that's that's actually really cool that you said that here. I, I don't even think you have you said that before in an interview. You can't even find that on the internet. That's like <laughs> it's real. Yeah. Yummy. That's so cool. Cheers. No, she she. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. My mom would love that. No, but she's yeah, she's super cute. My my dad was super supportive as well. Like I mean, he'd always like text me if he heard my song on the radio or something. And I don't know. It's just um, it's nice. You know, they they were very much. Just go do your thing, you know? Be happy. So you start singing when you're young. Did you learn instruments, guitar and stuff? Did you learn that as mm -hmm. a way to write songs or did you learn to, to play an instrument first before you learned to sing and all that stuff? Um, I learned how to play piano first because it was Doesn't like- every kid have to do piano lessons when they're four years old, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, first it was violin, but then I think my mom hated it so much that she was like, nah, you're like playing something else. And I think um, I was doing piano because I have an older brother and uh, he was playing piano, but I also remember he was having singing lessons at the same time and he like, I used to copy absolutely everything that he used to do. So as soon as he started playing piano and singing, I was like, oh, I want to sing as well. But my mom said, you can't learn how to sing unless you learn how to play piano, because otherwise you're not going to be able to like accompany yourself. Like it's a really good skill to like yeah. learn how to do both. And I don't know. And then I think I just started experimenting, like writing songs. And I think like the first one I wrote was, absolutely horrendous but i don't know my my mom like she she helped me like film it and we we put it up on youtube and like i don't know still to this day i battle her to like let me take it down but she just wants to keep it up because she finds it so funny like i don't know if it's still there but it's just a weird throwback for me yeah mm. <laughs> i have this very odd question mm. um i just have to ask your two newest singles that are out, everything's lowercase for the titles. Yeah. People do a lot of like weird things with um the titles recently, uh, artists. Is there a reason for that? I just, I don't really like capitals. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I, it's got a small throwback to the fact that I sucked at school so much. Like all my tattoos, uh, I've got three tattoos. Uh -huh. in my None of them are capitalized, all lowercase, lowercase yeah, tattoos. Yeah, all of them are, oh. I've got my right, oh. Where is it? Right and left. And then there's another one. It's all like um, not capitalized. Cause I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I was like a joke to myself cause I failed school so much. <laughs> is that you have a couple, we'll get into uh, your preferences on songwriting later on, mm. but uh, you have some co-writing credits, uh, most notably the, the Marshmallow Song Friends. Yeah. Um, and there's like seven people listed on there as, as co-writers. 
So I'm curious when you do a co-writing thing, what did you contribute to, to <laughs> that particular song? It's a funny one, isn't it? I feel like with that particular song, I was writing with, um, there's a group in the UK called The Six and I've known them through my previous management since I was like 12. They were one of the first people that I started writing with and they're smashing it. And I was in the room with them and we started writing this song that had a really catchy hook and it just found its way over to like Selena Gomez. No, not Selena, sorry. Anne-Marie, sorry, wrong one. I was thinking about the other Marshmallow one that she did, but it was brilliant and it blew my mind that it came out because I was working in a restaurant at the time and it was just on the radio. It really depends what session you're in, but like sometimes it's weird with songwriting because like sometimes one melody and one word that's added can change the whole song. It's like trying to find that hook and trying to find that catchy first line that grabs the listener's ear can really change a whole song. So it's funny, I, I like when you see songwriting credits with like seven people, mm. like there's some albums where I look through the credits and it's like 12 people or something like that. Or like there's like producers that are like, there's three or four of them, but there's a lot of work and a lot of people's time put into it. Sometimes some of the other songs that I've done, like we've written the whole thing and we feel like it's done, like me and the writer. And then, you know, you send it off to someone to listen and they say, hey, that last line, if you could change it to this, or maybe it needs more of like a positive, uplifting vibe, it can kind of like change the whole thing. And that's that's sometimes why you get like seven to 10 people on like writing credits. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, but most for the most part, you like writing by yourself, correct? I think so. When like it comes to your own songs. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one because I feel like I like writing the main idea of it, like at home on my own and getting like a rough grasp of. I think a lot of songwriting for me is like thinking. It's like walking on your own and like listening to music and then being like, oh, I feel like this today. And sometimes I want to put that in a song. And then you bring it into a session with someone or you have a little melody idea. And for me, that's how I like to do it. But I don't know. I think this year has definitely taught me to write at home a bit more again, because I think I think I started to get scared of it a little bit because you start to rely on other people, but I had to definitely not do that this year, which was fun. <laughs> As a songwriter, do you ever, you know, right before a release, think to yourself, oh boy, he's gonna know the songs about him or her or whatever? Oh, no, I, I have like, a pretty, I don't know, I just, I have a strict, I can't, I find it so hard to like make it obvious that it's about a certain person, like, because it, it haunts me in my head. And like, the thing is, there are songs that I've put out and they remind me of people and it just like, it haunts you when you perform them live. <laughs> and that's also why I'm like, I don't want them to know that this is possibly about them or like one lyric is like referencing to an argument that we had or something like that. Cause I'm just like, oh, you don't deserve to know because <laughs> I don't want you to think that, I don't know. Yeah, I have to tell myself off if I do it too much. <laughs> Earlier, Demi mentioned how stripped down your latest singles are compared to like your EDM style tracks that you've done. Yeah. Is that stripped down style indicative of what 
your EP and what future singles are going to sound like? I think so. Like, I, I've always, I'm still writing a lot of music that's with, like, DJs and more electronic style because I listen to that all the time. But I think the music that's going to be coming out is more, yeah, more stripped back and some of it is still playful with different instruments and it's got more of, like, movement and energy. Like, I really... I'm trying hard not to write too many sad ballads because I put too much. I realized because I put too much. Turning to Lana Del Rey really quickly. (laughs) I mean, I would love that so much. I just feel like even Lana Del Rey is like really just cool the way that she can do these different like styles, I guess, but still in the same box, if you get what I mean. And I just need to find more of a, a fun time with it. Nothing's too like sad anymore because i don't know i want music to be fun and like i want to be able to do live shows and it's not just like bring a box of tissues because you're going to cry so <laughs> music. I, I want people to have a good time you know <laughs> you uh mentioned your, your we talked about your songwriting preferences and we actually have a little game that we prepared oh, really? uh, about your about your songwriting preferences so you ready for that oh god yeah all right let's go <laughs> Okay, Jasmine, we have a few rapid fire questions about your preferences when it comes to songwriting. So first question, get up there, maybe. Yes, writing on paper or writing on a computer? Oh, computer. I tried to be artsy and write on paper, but I'm slightly dyslexic and it just does not work. (laughs) All right, next one. What instruments do you write songs on? Piano is like my go-to because I'm very bad at playing guitar. Okay. Do you, do you, okay. And what's the best thing about co-writing? You can get lunch. Like, it's actually really nice to just like hang out with you, someone else. I love that. I love that. That, love that. That's, that that's the thing. It had nothing to do with the artistic <laughs> uh, thing that comes out of it or any of the, the, the connection you make with the songwriters, it's the meal, no. the lunch. The, you, can out, like, yeah. you can hang out, you can like gossip, say things that you wouldn't normally say to people because you like, it's first time meeting and you, I don't know. It's just, everyone's really chill. <laughs> and what's the worst thing about co-writing? I don't know. Well, you have to open up your whole soul. I think you have to like really expose yourself. I think it would be tough to be in a room full of really talented people and to put your ideas out there confidently without being self-conscious of whether they're going to think it's a good idea or not. Does that make, you know what I'm saying? Like if you got, if you got Zed sitting across the table from you or some really high end producer, somebody who's been around and you have this line, like, I think it'd be cool if the chorus came in, that would be really intimidating to me. Totally. I I used to work with this um, writer called uh, Julia Michaels and Justin Chandler, and they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We interviewed, uh, you know, Raja Kumari. I interviewed Raja Kumari, and she's worked with Justin. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like so lovely and friendly, but I just think, like, it just blew my mind. I remember the first time I wrote with them, I just couldn't really, like, face the idea of putting my ideas out in front of these like legendary writers it just scared me so much (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. all right and um name a song you'd wish you'd written is there any particular song yeah like i mean this is very like classic but like either 
songbird by Classy or to make you feel my love. <laughs> That's such a great song. And to make you feel my love is one of my favorite songs. And it's crazy how it's been covered by so many different people from oh, Tony's drama started out as a country song, you know, yeah. Garth Brooks, I guess was the first well-known version of it. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, and what's your favorite, who's your favorite songwriter? Um, well, she's a songwriter, but also an artist, but like, I love Florence the Machine so much. Wow. She's, yeah, she's my absolute like dream person. Like I've loved her like since I was young and yeah, I've seen her like a few times live and every time I just burst out crying. I Do you her. find yourself admiring uh, British singer songwriters? Or is that just a coincidence that? You know, <laughs> I think it's just like subconscious bias, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's because it's what I grew up listening to, if you get what I mean. Like, sure. I was on the radio over here all the time. I remember driving to school and like back in the day when you still bought like CDs and albums, like it was all we listened to. It was her and there's another UK band called the Ting Tings or like, I remember Britney Spears was like the album I listened to a lot in the car and then it was that or Florida's the machine. So I feel like- What about, what about uh, on the guy side? I, I'm a big Arctic Monkeys fan, Alex Turner. Yeah. Alex Turner. Yeah, 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 they're cool, they're cool. I like that. I don't know, I feel like it's nice to see different sorts of like rocky sort of bands coming back, but I don't know. I, <sighs> this is like the, a running thing with our show, Jasmine, is we are like bringing back the rock. Demi's a guitar player. Demi's in, Demi's oh. in a- you should see Demi is in. I went to see go see Demi in a show a couple I, weeks I ago. I wanted to talk about your music. I was going to do it earlier, but then I didn't want to stalk you before I went uh, on. <laughs> but yeah, but Demi's stuff is hard. Like she plays borderline metal. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would nice. love to see a, a Demi Ramos, uh, Jasmine Thompson collab or something. Yeah, like let's do it. Something else. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So. Do you, you kind of touched on this before, um, do you write songs about your exes? Occasionally, sometimes. Like, I will more try and target the feeling that they made me feel. But yeah, yeah, that's a lie. I think all of my songs are pretty much about like exes and stuff. Cause, but yeah. I, I feel like you're so nice. You're not the kind of person who would make a revenge song about somebody. No, you're not no. going to swifty somebody down the line with a. No. With a I mean, song. it's also like a weird genre of music to do like a revenge song. If you get what I mean, like I, I feel like it's really hard to be shady, like in a piano ballad sort of thing. Like it's not like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's harder. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. And finally, Jasmine, has someone ever written a song about you? God, not that I know of. Like, <laughs> I, I think I think that would be quite funny. You, I you, and this is this is a fun subject that Demi Demi likes to talk about sometimes. Is do you date musicians, other musicians? <laughs> um, I, I look, at Demi, look at Demi getting all like rosy cheeked over there. <laughs> um, I used to have a, a really strict rule, like to not because I felt like it might be weird if you're like in the same industry and you you talk about music all the time and things like that but I've actually realized like it's kind of one of the best things to experience like I don't know it's it makes you feel like you can open up to someone so yeah <laughs> mm. 
All right, Jasmine, thank you so much for being on the show. Before we let you go, do, do you have a date for the EP or any new singles or anything you want to drop? Or uh, Hopefully new things are going to be coming out at least, I'd say, what month are we, August? I say September. <laughs> like, we're literally wrapping up things at the moment. So I can't say a specific date yet, but it will be within the next month or so. Yeah. All right. Well, we will look forward to that. Thank you so much for joining us from the UK. Jasmine <laughs> Thompson, go check out her music on Spotify, wherever you stream music. And uh, we will look forward to whatever you uh, release soon. Thank you very much, guys. What a pleasure to chat. All right. See you later. Fun, guys. That was Jasmine Thompson. Free She's break. got new singles out. She's working on new music. Uh, seems like someone you would enjoy hanging out with, Demi. We definitely, we're, we're going to hang. I was yeah. going to say, I mean, you know, she started really young, someone like Britney Spears. Um, it's, it feels like she has a great head on her shoulders and, you know, she's doing really well. So aside from free Britney. Yeah. There will yeah, be yeah. no free Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's, in, I'm assuming she's in a better spot. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on It's Real with Jordan and Demi. We'll be back next week with another guest another exciting guest and until then you can find <laughs> all our previous episodes on spotify our heart radio wherever you stream your podcasts and of course you can watch the video versions on facebook youtube uh twitter and twitch so we will see you later